Hi everybody, I'm Jasmine. And I'm Sarah. And this is our podcast, Unlicensed. So some background on the name of our podcast. We are both first year master's students in the forensic psychology program at the University of Denver. We are unlicensed, but we have opinions and we will share them with you. Yeah, definitely. So on this episode, we're going to be talking about murder media coverage. So, Sarah, what do you think of when I say the word murder? Uh, You know, like, definitely someone who comes in with, like, a giant kitchen knife or, like, the person with a chainsaw and a mask. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, I'm definitely thinking of, like, psycho killers also. Um, And so, that's one of the things we wanted to talk about first is we noticed when we were talking about murder that the first thing we thought of was the actual murderer. So, the offenders. And we are taking a class currently where we get a lot of guest speakers in. And one of the speakers that we had was a man named Tony Lee. So Tony Lee came into our class and he spoke about the loss of his daughter, Kenya Monier, when she was 19 back in 2011. So we learned that Kenya was abducted and it was later found out that she had been murdered. So Tony ended up bringing up a lot of really interesting points and brought a new perspective into our lives that we hadn't really spent much time focusing on before, which was victim-centered media coverage. Yeah, he definitely likes to talk a lot about the victims. He shares a lot of things on Facebook about people who are missing, people who are murdered, specifically very victim-focused. Tony also talked about how there are different levels of loss when you're losing a child. Like, a family who loses their child to an illness is going to have a different experience than a family who loses a child from being abducted or murdered. So, he mentioned that those different levels of losses have a huge effect on how the counseling works with the families of murder victims. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. He just specifically said that counseling wasn't very helpful to him. And it was also really interesting that he was talking about his police interactions and how he felt like they weren't doing anything and he was the only one who was really doing that much stuff. But then, you know, one day he went in and met with an officer and he saw, like, the piles of files that they had. And, you know, he just kind of made him realize that he had no idea what kind of work was actually going into the case. Yeah, so he also mentioned, and I know Sarah wrote down this quote. While he was talking, we both took an insane amount of notes. Um, and so he said that learning your ch- that your child has died is like having the rug pulled out from under you and landing on your head, which I thought was a very powerful like, I know, it kind visual. of broke my heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that's why I think it's, like, so important to actually think about the victims and their loved ones. I mean, I mean, we're more guilty than I think most people that we are so obsessed with murderers and like different kinds of murder and all the crazy thing that pe- things that people do. But you know, it's, it was a really good reminder having Tony Lee come and talk to our class because it yeah. was just so, such a good reminder that like the victims are on the other side of that. Yeah, there's definitely two roles to this whole crime investigation <laughs> stuff. You have your victims and then you also have your offenders and everyone always likes to talk about the offenders but the victims are the ones that have to live with everything for the rest of their lives if they're still alive and if they're not their families are the ones living with that as well so um 
we did want to focus on why people are so obsessed with murderers. Like, there are serial killer documentaries <laughs> coming out every five seconds on Netflix. And we're always watching them. And we're definitely always watching them. Ooh, like, yeah, we need to do that right now. And listening um, to podcasts. Yes. Uh, my one. favorite murder, if you haven't heard of it, shout out because I'm obsessed. Yep, definitely. But, okay, so many people might not know this, but I recently learned that, like, Ted Bundy received marriage proposals and nude photos while he was in prison because people were that obsessed with him yeah so i mean i guess if you did marry a man in prison like the highlight would be you always knew where he was but <laughs> yeah, you can keep your man in check you yeah. know where he is behind the bars it's definitely a lot harder to just pick up and leave when you're legally stuck somewhere yeah like ted bundy was such a special case though because like he was people thought he was hot and girls would literally show up okay so he was known for like the hair parted in the middle, the darker hair, and girls would literally show up to court specifically with their hair the way he liked it because, like, they wanted to get his attention. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. It's definitely one way to do it. <laughs> um, so we were looking at some articles about things because we are grad students and we do like articles. Um, so we were on Psychology Today, and at first we were thinking, okay, maybe people are really attracted to murderers because some of them are, like, super pretty or something, but that's a huge no. So, I mean, it's not always just guys like Ted Bundy. I mean, they did cast Zac Efron to be Ted Bundy, and mm -hmm. he's very pretty to mm. look at. But yeah. the Psychology Today article actually was going over how attractive attractiveness doesn't really play a role. So there's this guy... Named One-Eyed Henry Lee Lucas. Hey, he sounds like a real winner to me. Yeah, definitely. Like, oh, One-Eyed Henry Lee, what a man. <laughs> so he had his fair share of female admirers, <laughs> even though he was supposedly, so we don't know for sure, but supposedly in a sexual relationship with a man named Otis Toole. But apparently there were still chicks throwing themselves at him, so there's yeah. that. Yeah, apparently like the like one of the women that he married actually came up with a plan to try to like get him out by in, like going and showing up as the girlfriend, the ex-girlfriend that he supposedly had murdered, who he had already confessed to not only strangling but also cutting into pieces. Yep, so, yeah, great guy. Definitely sounds like a great guy. That's definitely who I'd want to pretend to be his girlfriend. Oh, yeah. That he murdered. I mean, when you can't find anyone else, why not <laughs> just go for the prison? So. Well, it's kind of sad. Like, even people who already are in a relationship, like, there was a public defender named Rosalie Martinez who was married, had four daughters with this attorney that she had married, but then she met a death row inmate named Oscar Ray Bolin Jr. in 1995, who she left her husband for. Like, Martinez, they married over the phone. He Man. was a former... Bolin was a former truck driver who had been convicted 10 times for raping and killing three women in Florida. In each case, there had been, like, overturned rulings because of errors, but, like, 10 times. Like, he's clearly guilty. 10 times. And she just stood by him thinking, oh, it's the justice system. All messed up. Can you imagine being the daughters, though? Oh like my new god, stepdad. the four daughters! Ugh. Honey, here's oh no, your new I don't daddy. even want to think about that. <laughs> he's on death row, but he's still okay. Oh. 
And then there's also this TV show, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard of, called You on Netflix. Which, which Jasmine hasn't actually which watched. Which I have not watched, and I've been getting yelled at for that for the past couple months, so I'm probably going to watch that, like, tonight. Yeah, so <laughs> no sleep for Jasmine tonight, because Basically. I am giving her homework to watch it. <laughs> but I don't know if anyone has heard, I'm sure you have, but there were so many tweets of people just thirsting over this character, whose name is Joe. Joe Goldberg, like, oh, not even an attractive name. Goldberg, like, he was all creepy and stalkery. Like, that's that's not spoiling. That's the entire plot of the show. <laughs> he was a creepy stalker who was trying to attract this woman he was, you know, quote unquote, in love with. And all these people are coming out online being like, oh, but he was so sexy. And oh, man, like... I'm ro- like everyone was romanticizing him. It was crazy. And literally the actor Penn Badgley who played this character had to tweet back at like a ton of people to remind them that this character is a crazy creeper stalker. And okay, this is a spoiler alert. Murderer. He tweeted back at this person who was like, "Okay, but at Penn Badgley was sexy as Dan, but Lord Joe is a whole nother level." And he tweeted back of problems, right? Question mark. Like, he's shutting down all these people who are, like, just thirsting over his character. And they're like, you know he's a murderer, right? And, oh my gosh, season two is coming out soon. And Penn Badgley promises that he's going to make sure you all know that this character is not okay. Like, honey, (laughs) why are you into a creepy stalker? I mean, at least the actor is, like against all of oh, that. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> I'd be much more concerned if he was like, yes, please let me stalk you and murder you. <laughs> like, yeah, oh boy. I would definitely be concerned too. <laughs> Apparently Millie Bobby Brown, when she first started the series, was like, it's okay, everyone. He loves her. Don't hate my opinions. I'm like, okay, I hate your opinions a little bit because yeah, like, maybe you finished the show. Like, Stay in your lane. Stranger Things is your thing. But you're also, like, 12 years old. Actually, she's 15. We looked it up because I was concerned. But she is, she's a child. So it's like, girl. (laughs) But here's my relationship tip for the day. Honest communication will always be better than stalking. Yes, yes, definitely. I have found that um, when I'm upset with someone, just talking to them always (laughs) works better. The following them them. calling their car (laughs) usually ends with an arrest um so yeah don't steal their phone 10 out of 10 would not recommend no um so yeah we also have a little pro tip for everybody so just because someone is pretty and just looks nice and everything does not mean that they won't kill you Remember that you probably should not go to prisons and get into relationships with the prisoners there, especially if they're murderers. Yeah, for real. I mean, also, you can't have them over for, like, Christmas or anything. So imagine just never getting a Christmas present. I know. You have to, like, wait in line on visitation day just to see them. That's too much work. No conjugals. So, like, what's even the point? Is any relationship really worth that, though, to me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up our episode. Episode, but while doing that, we did want to bring the focus back to the victims. So trust us when we say that we definitely know how interesting it is to learn about murderers and serial killers and all of those horrible things. We are definitely those girls who spent all their time watching true crime documentaries 
and listening to podcasts about horrible people. Yeah, every night while I'm in the shower, I listen to Georgia and Karen of My Favorite Murder talk about murderers. It's great. Let's name drop a few more times. Maybe they'll have us on, right? Oh my gosh, please. Um, (laughs) But it is important to remember that there are always two sides to these events. So the story doesn't end with the offender being caught and sentenced if they are caught and sentenced. The victims and their families, they have to spend the rest of their lives living with this trauma and all of the mental health issues that come along with it. So I also don't know if anyone noticed, but we purposefully (laughs) did not mention the name of Kenya's murderer. So the story that Tony Lee told us about his daughter Kenya is Kenya's story, and that's how we wanted to portray it in this podcast as well. Not turn it into a thing where we talk about this guy and all the issues he had and how he murdered some girl. Like This is Kenya's story, and we wanted to make sure it was talked about that way. So if you want to go look it up, just remember, you have to look up by Kenya Monet. Learn about her first, and then you can learn about the killer. Definitely. So, shout out to anyone who decided to stick around to this point of our podcast. Um, We will talk to you next time then. So, once again, I'm Jasmine. And I'm Sarah. And remember, we are not professionals.